0: I'm your host, David Frost. This is My Strategic Forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Thursday, July 2, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. We have a lot of stuff on the docket. There's a lot of numbers going on. The market's in an interesting spot. It did a lot of stuff today. So what we're going to do is we're going to pick it apart. First thing we do is take a look at the daily chart and see what jumps off the page. And then we go down to other time frames. We'll look at a bunch of different charts. We'll look across different markets. What are the leading indicators telling us? First order of business, let's address the 312.05. Remember, that's the gap right here from the 23rd, the closing price, 312.05. So this morning, they jump way over the gap, and by the end of the day, they come back to run a test of the same spot. Interesting point of fact. Where they close the day, 312.23 is the official close. Remember 312.15, let's do a refresher. What was 312.15? It's the high of this breakdown candle. We're gonna get more into this and go over to the futures chart and take a look over there because there's some interesting stuff going on as well. Now my focus lately hasn't been on the 312.15 mainly because they traded above it, back and forth, After they go back and forth a number of times in and around a specific number, it kind of loses its luster somewhat. Not to say it's not still important, and in this case, it probably is. In this case, we had the gap that was at 312.05 just a few pennies away. So it didn't really matter. It's really the same spot. It's always a give or take a few pennies when you're talking about the SPY that's over $300 a share. Let's discuss something else. Where's the high today. The high comes in at 315.70. Why is that important? What does that signify? Well, it's quite simple. You see these pivots up here? Well, the highest one happens to be 315.64. They spike it through by a few pennies and then fail at that same number. Now, at the time, you don't know if a failure is going to be just eating time off the clock going sideways or or if a failure is going to be coming all the way back down. In fact, eating time off the clock sideways is not a failure. It's just resistance for the time being. The reason that that's resistance for the time being, because it happens to be an important gateway. It's an on-ramp to get to the next gap. Doesn't mean they do it all in one day. Doesn't mean they do it all in one shot, all in one hour, whatever. It just means... It's the gateway as long as they're above beginning to close hourly above and then daily above that 315.64. That's why it's important because it's a gateway. Why is it a gateway? It's very simple. It's not a gateway because I said so. It's a gateway because the market said so. So here it is. The market makes a low and this is our infamous last Monday low but now it's like three Mondays ago and here's the point. It runs up to a specific spot. Where that spot is, the market decides. So the market decided in this case, 315.64. And that was it. That's the high pivot. So what does that tell you? It tells you that the market decided that that spot is important. So all we're doing is adhering to what the market told us. Just as a point of interest, here's a 933 post this morning from Inside the Numbers. And you can see. give or take, so I'm rounding here, is resistance and where they're likely headed. That was obviously before they got there. We'll talk more about that when we really get into the numbers up there, inside the numbers, and some other stuff. The other thing that I want to reinforce is that they closed above the gap. That's bullish on its face. It's the duck until otherwise proven by the market. So they closed above the gap. That's bullish. Not by all that much, but it's still bullish. Let's switch over to the s and E-mini futures contract. I think there's some important things going on here. Some stuff that's kind of one of those maybe aha moments, head scratchers saying, oh, okay, I see this now. Doesn't always work like this, but when it does, you have to take note. Last night, we talked about a nearby breakdown candle high. We talked about two of them. We talked about the big one here that was from the 11th of June, And then we talked about the nearer one that's from the 24th of June. The high is 3128.50. So let's go over what happened today in the future. So the high today was all the way up at 3156.50. Now, we'll call this one a tweener for the moment. So what they did was really the same thing we just discussed in the SPY chart, but here it is. Here's a high pivot. They went up to test the high pivot and they failed at the high pivot What was above that was this breakdown candle high at 31.77.75. So they really came in between this high, this pivot was the tweener, and then the high of the breakdown candle that we focused on, the farther one back from the 11th. But here's the thing. Look where they closed the day. They never closed above the high of this breakdown candle here. Remember that high Comes in at 31.2850. Now here's something interesting. We just looked at the 4:15 close. There's a one minute chart, and you can see the high of the one minute chart at 16:15, which is 4:15, was in fact 31.30. Now check this out. There's a one minute chart, and you can see in the last minute of the day, right? This is the 16:15 or 4:15 candle. The high was 31.30. Daily chart closing price listed 312575. You want to see some shenanigans? You kind of already saw it on the 1-minute chart. Here's a 15-minute chart, 312850. What time is that? Let's roll this over and let's just double check. Closing price 16:15. Hourly chart 312850, same time, 16:15. Back to the daily chart, important number, 312850. Any accidents or coincidences? I think not. When you're talking about numbers to pennies or ticks and the market closes at a certain place, it's doing that for a reason. It's telling you that that number has some relevancy. It has some reason to be important to the market. You may not always know why you may not be able to figure out why doesn't matter the market knows and it's our job to do the homework to try and figure out why once again just to make sure everybody's clear you're inside my head it's a dangerous place to be I'm all about the numbers net net is the market trying to get to test the breakdown candle high or maybe even get above the breakdown candle high and the answer is Under normal garden variety conditions, that's exactly what it's doing. Look at the daily chart from this perspective. It's above all the moving averages. Technically speaking, it's in an uptrend. The trend is your friend until the very end. Also, this one's pretty simple. What's our line in the sand? Getting back below the gap, certainly below 312.15, even if that is or isn't important. It's close enough to the gap. So we know that if we're getting below the gap, closing hourly below the gap, 312.05, daily below, then it's starting to look like a failure. Don't forget, and it's easier to see this on the futures chart, but it's the same thing in the SPY. We just have the big gap. So when you look at this and you say, well, until and unless they get above this breakdown candle high, this is a bearish pattern anyway. But what we also know is that Markets love to go back and test the highs of breakdown candles and run down to test the lows of break up candles. They do it on all the charts. All the markets, it doesn't really matter. They don't do it all the time, but when they are doing it, we know a couple of things. If they get above a breakdown candle high, that's bullish. But normally, on the first run, the first effort, the first visit, it's usually resistance. Now, this case may be slightly different because they look like they made a run if they come back up. Will it be resistance or will they bust through? Will they gap over it one day? We don't know. That's not for us to say today. Right now, we're the umpire calling balls and strikes. We're learning how to read it. Hashtag reading the tape. Last one on the SPY. Remember, this goes back to as long as they hold last Monday's low. It's no longer last Monday, but as long as they hold that low, then they're okay, and here they are. Look where they went off that low. And by the way, folks that have taken the course, lazy e-mini trader, will notice from the recent pivot high after they gapped up, the one we just talked about, to when they made the final low before this last effort higher, that was quote unquote on time. That's taught in the course. Lazy E-mini Trader, and if you go back a few days in the video, I'm quite certain we discussed it. Let's run through the pre-market commentary for Inside the Numbers, the rest of the morning and afternoon session. You can pause the video, read the notes, restart it anytime you like. What I urge you to do, if you're at all active during the day, trading in and around the S&P some way, some shape, then this information can certainly be beneficial. We have the numbers. We know where the market turns bullish, we know where it stays bearish, we know where support is, we know where resistance is, we know what happens if they get above or below certain numbers. We know these things, not all of them, not every single time, but the majority of the time, certainly using the 80-20 rule, we get most of it pretty much right. Let me scroll up a little bit, and I want to make mention of something in the 947 post. What I want to do is explain my thinking of why I put down what I did, and also reinforce that every trader can and has to make their own decisions. Understanding why my decision was made is important. What we did know was that 315.50, give or take, and we now know the number, 315.64, and you see the 65 up here... That was important. That was going to be resistance. What you don't know at the time is if they're just going to stop, go sideways any time off the clock, and have another push higher, and we certainly had the case for where they would be heading. A gap higher on the phony jobs number leading into a holiday weekend, certainly it could have went the other way. It was a 50-50 at best. So that, coupled with the fact that I had an appointment and had to be away from the screens, not my cup of tea, on a day like today. It was just that simple. But this is a good lesson for mindset. If you want to be a successful trader, you have to have the mindset, A, I don't have to take every trade that I see. I don't have to always be in a trade. If I miss a trade, there's another one around the corner. The more trades I make, the less of a chance I have to make money. It's really quite simple. Now, while we're treating this as a business, The more you trade, the more you begin to treat it like sitting at the blackjack table at the casino. And we all know that the longer you sit there, the more chance you have to lose, the better the casino's chance or the house's chance has to win. They want you there longer. You want to be there as little amount of time as possible. You want to have a hit and run, a hit and run. It doesn't apply to swing trading. It doesn't apply to longer term positions. What it applies to are trades that are meant to be scalp slash day trades. Moving right along. Take note of the numbers. Go back to the chart. Understand what time it is. Go see what happened with the numbers. And then see if this is something that you think you can benefit from if you're active in the markets during the day. And by the way, Today was one of those days because of the gap higher in the morning, nothing was on the stocks on the move list except one trade. It never got to the number. Late in the day, it came close, but it never got to the number. And therefore, there was nothing going on for stocks on the move. When you get these gap and goes or gap hires, what happens is nothing tends to get to a support area And on a day when the market is gapping up, the harder trade is trying to short a stock into a gap up. What's going on over in camp IWM? Well, here's an interesting one. We just spent a lot of time focused on the gap in the SPY and how they closed above it. Well, look what happened here in the IWM. Here's the gap at 143, and they closed the day at 142.40. So let's go over what happened over the last few days. Here's the gap and they close the gap here on the 30th. Closing price 14318. The next day they close below the gap. The next day, which is today, they close below the gap. And so the IWM really leaves us no choice but to be in the bearish camp up until the point in which they can get back above the gap. It's not that far away, it can happen by 9:30 and 2 seconds on Monday. Meanwhile, We should reiterate, the market is closed on Friday, July 3rd, that's tomorrow. We've got the 4th of July Independence Day holiday weekend, three-day weekend, see you Monday. Go have some fun. Put the market aside for a few days. What about the weekly chart? Here's something that we need to be aware of. It's an awareness. You have a series of moving averages above you have a convergence of the 200 and the 50 and then you have a 100 period that comes in slightly below what the breakdown candle high now i'm not saying the iwm is going to get all the way up to the breakdown candle high but who am i to say that it can't or won't this is a weekly chart a lot can happen in a couple of weeks a lot can happen in one week. Also, we know that the moving averages that are above price will be and generally are magnetic, meaning they draw price into them. There's certainly resistance. And by the way, that high over there, that breakdown candle high above 150, I'm not saying we're going there anytime soon. I'm just using it as an example. On one hand, it's a bearish pattern to have this huge breakdown candle high and then start trading sideways in a bearish, flaggish, wedgish thing going on. And it's bearish until and unless they close above the breakdown candle high. But this can go on for a while. Doesn't have to, but it can. You need to understand how this thing works. We use other numbers on a daily chart and even an hourly chart to get a shorter term view of where the market's headed. But when you look at a weekly chart, you have to look at the bigger picture. You have to separate the two. How about a monthly chart? We just closed June. What's going on? Nobody will be surprised to see this. Look at this big, huge breakdown candle. The month of March. What was the high? 154.20. What was the high in the month of June? 153.39. It's pretty close. When you see something like that, you have no other choice but to say, after you see this over and over and over again, you have no other choice to say, all right, That's definitely resistance. While it's up there, you're not looking at a monthly chart. While price is up there, it doesn't feel like it's going to be resistance. I get that. That's where this comes in. When it generally feels really, really right, it's probably wrong. And the flip side, when it feels really, really wrong, it's probably right. Just pretty neat to see all that stuff, isn't it? By the way, the SPY monthly chart has a different look Because the IWM was ahead of the SPY. If you remember, it was making a lower high. The SPY was making a higher high. Here's the IWM making a lower high. The SPY had already made a high. That's not the chart. That's the chart. Point of interest, monthly chart. This is in an uptrend. The market will turn down. There will be another corrective phase. We know that. But you have to take the market at face value. Now, this is a monthly chart. So a lot happens intra-month. A trend will change intra-month, and you wait till the end of the month to see if the trend changed. And then, oh, by the way, over the last four weeks, while the market was getting crushed, the trend changed. So you don't use the monthly chart for near-term stuff. But when you look at this and you say, what's the long-term trend of the S&P 500, It's still up, even with the March crash. Look at that snapback, the V bottom, the V recovery that you heard on TV, all that stuff. Well, guess what? Really, when you look at the monthly chart, not a lot happened. Another awareness, we look at a weekly chart, by the way. I know I jumped backwards, but this is worth it. I think we did this last night or maybe the night before as well, but you can't help but notice the fact that Look, this is above the 50-period moving average, which is the highest average. So it's above all of them. And what are you doing? You're just going back and forth. This is building energy. doesn't feel like it from day to day, but it's just going back and forth, back and forth, building energy to do what? Go higher until it fails. Remember this. This is why this is the line in the sand. If that gives way, then that scenario changes But right now, that's the duck. That's the scenario that's on the table until they knock it off. That's the way the market works, whether you or me or anybody else likes it or not. That's the way we have to play umpire. Could I find something closer on a daily or an hourly chart to say, hey, something changed? Of course. All charts get read independent of one another. A chart will confirm or not confirm another chart or another time frame, All charts get read as they are. Market starts failing on a five-minute chart, fails on a 30-minute chart, fails on an hourly chart, fails on a daily, weekly, monthly. It has to fail one chart, one time frame at a time. Do they crash right through? Of course they do. But generally, under normal garden variety conditions, the way the market works is one time frame at a time. All this stuff becomes abundantly clear in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. How about a little plug? What's going on down at the transportation department? Well, they weren't really what we would call robust today. It was really just an inside day to yesterday. Never busted through the highs. Never scared the highs. Never even gave the highs a phone call. Or I suppose these days it's a text message. Nobody calls anymore. Here's a piece of advice. Take it for what it's worth. If you care about somebody, don't text them for their birthday. Pick up the phone and call them. Do we get any new information from the transports today? Not really. We know the story. Until and unless they can bust through this high, 95.23 and change, no dice. Weekly chart, breakdown candle high. Until and unless they get above this breakdown candle high and these moving averages, no dice. What's above? Another breakdown candle high. Look at the transports in relation to some of the other charts we looked at. What do we call this one? The canary in the coal mine. For a reason. Doesn't mean this is going to collapse tomorrow. We can certainly trade higher into those moving averages. And if the other markets are going up, so are the transports. But in reality, this is weak. This is telling you something. There's another correction coming. Of course there is. From where is the important thing? Time is more important than price. What about the folks out in Silicon Valley? Q to the third power. There we are again, getting a little bit far away from home base. But look at the uptrend, and look what happens every time they come back to home base, they bounce off home base. One time they won't, but the trend is up, the cues are strong, there's nothing wrong with this market, period, full stop, until there is. about canary in the coal mine 2.0? This doesn't look like any of the other markets. This is trying to tell us something. Doesn't mean it's telling us something for Monday or Tuesday, but this is weak. When and if they turn around, jump back above the moving averages, namely the 20 above 24, that's one thing. Until they do, it's weak, it's bearish, and it's making a bearish pattern to go lower. There's a gap at 22 It's got the XLF's name written all over it. Hourly below 22.52, and that gap is, generally speaking, going to get filled. Here's the weekly on the XLF. Now, this is also in a different position. Look where the 20 period is, and they're riding the 20, and they can't even get above the 20-week moving average. So we know that's something. Got to keep your eye on that. They're in a different position. They're not even trying to climb up the breakdown candle high. They're melting away. Here's a gap, and the gap is at 2,192. We just talked about 22. It's a different place on the daily chart. It's generally the same spot. That gap seems to be magnetic. Is there a market symmetry thing going on if they fill the gap, maybe a little bit lower? Maybe. Where do you find that? In the course, Lazy E-mini Trader. Another plug. It's all in jest. I can't help myself. Yesterday, Smash Mouth was weak, Today, right back up, challenging the highs. Uptrend, nothing wrong with this market. It is a leading indication of the tech space. There's nothing wrong with Smashmouth. Mouth. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.